This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has grown to become the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. Check out salesleadershipunited.com and tap into tools used by elite sales leaders worldwide. Accelerate your leadership development. Solve modern sales challenges. Use fully prepped sales meetings in your next team meeting. Thousands of hours of sales leadership materials indexed and searchable with a single click. Create your own personal sales leadership library. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB at signup to get a free trial on me. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth from the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. This show features leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Be sure to check out the all-new salesleadershipunited.com. Fast-track your sales leadership development, gain insights into how other sales leaders are solving challenges similar to the ones you face, and tap into over 400 leadership topics, hundreds of video insights, battle-tested leadership frameworks, and new material that comes out every single week. Sales Leadership United is the easiest investment in yourself you'll ever make. Head to salesleadershipunited.com, use the code ROB at signup, and get a free trial on me. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders who are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. The show continues to grow at a ridiculous rate. We have blown past that 2 million download mark and do not slow down. So thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for your comments and guest suggestions. Thank you for your direct messages. I love hearing how the show's helping you. So please, please keep them coming. And you're going to be excited about who we have today. We have another great guest today. Dave Elsner joins us. Dave helps tech sales teams at every level create the best year in company history, year after year after year. Yes. Dave has built a company that helps companies stay modern and ensure that how they sell stays more important than what they sell. From methodology to mindset to use of tools and teammates, the companies Dave works with they keep their pipelines healthy and full, no matter the market condition. So today, the topic is going to be one that never grows old and never drops in its strategic or important nature. We are going to talk about the lifeline of the health of any sales team, and we're going to talk about how to keep it current and modern. I can't wait to dive in. I look forward to some of the insights we can all use immediately. Dave, welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me. Man, that was a phenomenal introduction. I am fired up now. <laughs> Let's go. Good stuff. Um, I'm excited to have you here today, Dave. Thank you for joining me. I'm a, I, I appreciate you. You got it. Why don't you start by introducing yourself and your firm, the, the Tech Sales Coach? You, you work with a lot of great organizations. I We got 50,000 people listening to you today. Um, why don't you just take a minute and introduce yourself and what you do for your customers? You got it. So uh, Dave Elsner, the Tech Sales Coach, and... I've been in technical sales for 35 years and done wow. every job up the ranks from, you know, sales to management, uh, executive management. And, uh, you know, seven years ago, I decided to 
break out on my own and chase my passion, which is mentoring and coaching sales teams. You know, I had phenomenal success as a sales VP, you know, with 30% annual organic growth every year of my career. And so with that, while I was a sales VP, I was training my own sales teams on sales methodologies, on social selling, on prospecting, uh, because I wasn't satisfied with what the sales trainers were doing. So I took it over with another guy. And I basically took all of those great learnings and turned it into a business. And so now I help small and large, small to large tech companies grow in just about every area of sales. Congratulations on your success. Thank you. And uh, you've seen a lot of things happen in 35 years of being in tech sales, man. You've, you've seen a lot of stuff happen. That's, that's cool. <laughs> Dude, I used to use a phone book to prospect. Yellow pages. <laughs> we got page. listeners that don't even know what that is. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, congrats on your success. And, and when you when you do that and you, and you can and, and make that happen, that, that speaks loudly to me. Um, so you've had a good run in sales. You started your own jam. You've you've seen a lot of things happen. You've seen a lot of good times. You've probably seen a lot of, of tough times, I would imagine, along the way. Um, right now feels like one of those times where it's a little tough out there. There's a lot of noise out there. There's maybe more pressure and scrutiny on every deal than maybe ever before. What's your take on, on what it's like out there right now and getting new business? Yeah, it's tough. I, I work with a lot of partners that are struggling with generating net new. Uh, they currently have an extreme focus on their existing customer base because they're already trusted there. But without that net new, they're not going to hit targets. And so everybody's looking for ways to generate you know, more business uh, and new business to continue their growth. Yeah, I... I uh... I think that it's really challenging. And I, what's interesting is a lot of times sales leaders don't change until they have to. Like if they've missed a number or if they've lost a deal or if they've lost a person, like when the market or the conditions say you better do something, then they do. And then sometimes it's almost too late. And so as right now you're working with people, like you're having a lot of success and helping your the organizations and technology that you work with continue to find ways to cut through the noise, if you will, or or separate from the herd, uh, and find ways to keep those pipelines going. And, and I, while I know that you work with tech primarily, a lot of the things that you do are going to be u- usable by other organizations too. So I'm really interested. What like if it's really that challenging out there? Like, what are your some things that you say? Listen, as someone who helps people with this, here's where I usually start. If we're gonna try and 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 improve our pipeline health, yeah. I don't want to just have stuff in the pipeline. I want stuff I can count on in the pipeline. Right. How, how do you? Where do you start? Yeah, I mean, I, I would start by saying it's not a numbers game anymore. You know, we used to all play the game of you make a hundred dials, you get ten appointments. Uh, that doesn't work anymore. People don't respond to cold outreach. Uh, I think the percentage is 99% of CEOs do not respond to any kind of cold outreach. And so you've got to change your tactics. And that is you've got to be more personalized. You have to have more networking involved, whether that's referral-based networking or mutual connection networking. And you've got to find a way to warm up that prospect 
and have them see the value in working with you before you ask for anything. And so that's the approach that's working nowadays. Uh, and what I teach with my modern prospecting and social selling workshops. So I like what you said that you need to warm them up. Is it fair for me to say that like, if you're just doing cold calling, if you're just, you know, hitting that activity management at just the numbers game, if you're back on the activity management or the numbers game is while that may feel like you're the green beret, you're doing the hardest work, you're working your guts out. Am I stretching it too far? Uh, Dave, if I say that's lazy selling because you're not warming them up. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I, you know, it doesn't work. So why would you spend your time and effort making those hundred dials a day? You know, when, when you can, you know, put a bigger effort into personalization and get a higher hit rate. And so it, you know, it's tough out there. It reminds me of 09 when everybody was afraid to spend money unless it was an emergency, you know, or a have to. And so, you know, warming them up, getting them to know who you are and how you can help is the first step in penetrating that customer. All right. So this is a good, a good angle that we're going to go. We're going to have a lot of people saying, okay, makes sense or okay, no duh or okay. Yeah, that resonates. Right. So this concept of warming people up, like who, you know, moving away from just smile and dial or moving away from just, just sequencing. Where do you start with that, man? I mean, that's, there's a lot of people who talk about that, but if there's one thing I've learned, it's easy to say, harder to do. And since you've had so much success, I'm really interested. Like, let's start talking about like, how, where does it start? Does it start with who you choose or does it start with how you connect? Like, where does that whole thing start? Yeah. I mean, obviously figuring out who your ideal prospect are, you know, maybe based on likely goals or problems they may have is key to key to success. But I, Hey, I like leveraging LinkedIn, LinkedIn, since the pandemic, has become the largest business conversation in the world. And I think that's because everybody was working from home and they didn't have that social outlet at the office. And therefore they turned to things like LinkedIn. And so, you know, we see 40% of people on LinkedIn are business decision makers. We see them engaging with content. And so it starts with warming them up on LinkedIn and then looking at things like mutual connections and what their network looks like, you know, most of my business in the early years came from referral-based network, and it was people I knew. You know, the second phase was then to get to the people that they knew. And then the third phase was to expand that network and get more people seeing what I have to offer. And so with LinkedIn, what I teach is, you know, the first thing you need to do is probably upgrade your profile because most profiles look like resumes. And when somebody comes to view your profile, they don't care if you're, uh, you know, certified in negotiations. Yeah, I want to talk to that person. They don't care that you're at 130% of quota. They care about what you have to offer and how you can help. And so if I can share my screen real quick, I'll show you. Can you see that? So, so, so for people that get that get the video in Sales Leadership United, we'll for sure put that in there. Uh, most of our audience is audio only, so you'll you'll probably want to just walk through these really quickly. But yeah, okay. we'll have this video in Sales Leadership United as well. 
Okay, that sounds good. So the 14 changes I recommend on the profile is you got to have a banner with your company logo and slogan. You've got to have a professional image, you know, no picture of you with your dog or hiking or biking. This is a business networking site. You got to have a headline that describes how you help people. Don't have it say I'm an account executive or a salesperson. And that's because when you send a connection request, if they see that, they're likely not to accept it because they think a pitch is coming next. So describe how you help. Um, you've got to update your contact info. A lot of people uh, mm. use their personal email on LinkedIn, man. Get your business email in there. Get your business phone number in there so it's easy for people to reach out and talk to you. And then there's a couple of neat features uh, that LinkedIn offers now. One is called creator mode and the other one is services provided. And those two features create SEO and keywords on your profile so that you're more searchable. You know, in my case, my keyword is obviously sales training. And now anybody on LinkedIn that searches sales training, my profile and my company get offered up as a solution. And so you want to be findable by turning those two features on. Uh, then your about section should be about the business and your offers, not about yourself. A lot of people make the mistake of writing about themselves when really what customers are looking for is what are your offers and how can you help me? Uh, next is your experience section describing your skills. And then we enable things like featured section. We enable all of our education and alumni rules when it comes to finding you know, when I send a message to somebody that went to the same college as me on LinkedIn, and I pointed out, hey, we both went to XYZ college, they almost always respond, you know, and I can do a search in LinkedIn for all of my alumni that are sales VPs, and then use that to my advantage. Uh, then you're going to add your skills, you're going to add your accomplishments, you're going to add any certifications, and try and get some recommendations. And so I know that uh, uh, people can't see this, but I'll tell you, I've got a complete guide to how to upgrade your profile. Uh, you just shoot me an email at dave at thetechsalescoach.com or connect with me on LinkedIn and ask for it. And I'd be glad to send it over to you. And we'll put a reference to that in the show notes so they can get a hold of that from you and and, uh, and we'll make that easy to do. So so let me ask you, what's the most common big challenge with people's LinkedIn uh, presence in your mind? Uh, that, I know LinkedIn, <laughs> LinkedIn's been around a long time and, and it's interesting to me how many people are like are still like not using it very effectively. Yeah, it's that they don't have a complete profile. So when people come look, they don't look for very long. And so they don't have a banner that catches people. They don't have a good about section and, uh, and they look like resumes. I mean, I'm, I'm figuring 90% of the profiles out there are resume like, and therefore, if somebody comes and looks at your profile, they don't see the value that you and your business has to offer. So that's, that's the biggest thing. You got to get that profile updated so, to start off with. Then we move into engagement and getting people to come look at our profile. So I want to I want to sit in that for a second though because um, I know you focus in tech sales and and maybe that's I don't know if it's more important. I think 
I think how we look in that business network of LinkedIn is pretty important. I got 50,000 leaders sitting here. Any advice you'd give to the 50,000 leaders on ways they can help the people that they lead? Like, is it as simple as get your 14 things and use that in your next one-on-one or is there, are there like start with, I liked your idea of being findable or, 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 and we'll talk about engagement in a minute, but like that concept of becoming findable and looking the part is, is that something our leaders should be working on with their reps? Yeah. I mean, I really do think that is step number one is let's get through those 14 important things to represent our personal and business brand value uh, to the communities that we're going after. And so, you know, then we move, like I said, into engagement, which is, you know, I set up a list of my ideal prospects and I engage with their content. And there's a beautiful thing on LinkedIn and it's called notifications. And all of us are tied to our cell phones that we get notifications on. So Rob, if I look at your profile, you get a notification. Dave Elsner just looked at your profile. And then if I follow you, you get another notification that I just followed you. And then if over a couple of weeks, I take the time to engage with your content, like commenting on things that you post or finding places that you've commented on things and liking your comment, I get more notifications. And so what happens over a couple of week period of time is they see my name five to nine times and it creates this curiosity like, who is this Dave Elsner guy and what does he want? Hmm. And that's when they come to look at my profile. And so every day my routine is I follow new people. I engage with their content and I wait for them to look at my profile. And then once they do, that's when I send my connection request. And I don't send a connection request where I'm asking for a meeting I just say, thanks for networking on LinkedIn or thanks for looking at my profile. Let's connect because you want your connection rates to be high. You don't want to be seen as asking for some of their time. Yeah, you've added value by engaging with their content, but now you want them to see the content and the stuff that you're posting to create that more networking, more engagement environment with that prospect. And I'm, I'm telling you, Rob, you know, after 10 days, after getting connected, after adding value and engaging, your open rates on email, your re- your reply rates on voicemail are going to go way up. It, you know, psychologically, now I'm comfortable with you because I've seen your name so many times and I know what you do. And so, yeah, step number one, get that profile updated. Step number two is find your ideal client and start following and engaging with that person to cause curiosity and draw them to you. Well, I like what I like about this is it's not a big onus of you better be creating new content every day or whatever it is, though that may be someplace we get. I like that you're saying know who your prospects are that you have reason to believe will be a good fit with you. And now it's find what they're doing and piggyback on what they're doing if in fact they are doing that, right? Yeah, yeah, there. And, you know, there's also ways to find the people that are active on LinkedIn. And so, you know, if they have the gold logo, it means they're paying for it. Uh, There's search criteria you can put in to figure out who's active and who's not. But at the same time, if I find somebody that only posts every three to six months, 
I can still engage with that three to six month old, you know, content that they posted, or I can find where they've liked something or commented on something. Because really, all I'm trying to do is get my name in their notifications, time and time again, Dave Elsner, Dave Elsner, Dave Elsner. And so without being pesty, I, you know, I, I've had people come in and like 20 of my posts at once, and then ask me for an appointment. That's not going right. to work. I'm right. talking about over a couple week period of time, every two to three days. That makes sense. And so what that makes me realize is they're probably like, there's probably a lot of people on here that are like, okay, I'm, I'm using LinkedIn as part of our process, part of how I coach. It's part of what our, our opportunity strategies are, but there's probably a chunk of people who aren't as well. Oh, is yeah. this something that should be baked into your prospecting process and it's it's something that you coach to like is that something that you see work that you're coaching to it like show me where you did this or let's wordsmith how you do that like how, how would you recommend building that into your process and coach to it yeah i i absolutely recommend that you bake this in the whole warm-up method uh again because open rates are so bad right now so like where uh, are they right now yeah i mean open rates are less than 10 percent okay and, and when you use this method, we're seeing 40% plus, uh, depending on which customer. Now, the difference is, is I can send a thousand emails out and get a 10% hit rate, or I can do, you know, a thousand LinkedIn activities over a couple month period of time and get a 40% hit rate. And so you mentioned content, Rob, it is important that you have a content strategy Okay, uh, And that's because you want them to see that you're a subject matter expert in your field. And so I'm not saying you need to post something every day, you know, maybe one to three times a week. You should be curating research and education in your industry that so shows you're a subject matter expert. Um, you should be using company content, but don't just repost it, repost it with your thoughts. And then you need to do some thought leadership posts. You know, I was talking to a small business today and he was talking about how cash is king for a small business. And that's a great thought leadership post. How do you handle constant cash flow in your small business? And so I encourage the CEO do a post about that because then he's seen as an expert in his field and it draws people to him and you're adding value to your network and your prospects. All right. So I'm really coming back now. Listen to what you're doing. I'm trying to stack all these things together. I really think you're giving us an interesting blueprint of how you can use tools to become findable too. Yes. So this kind of content, like you just gave us two or three types of content that you should be intentional about, that's going to help you be findable. Having a profile that is done correctly, that's going to help you be findable. Uh, am I thinking, am I putting your pieces together the right way that this is something that makes you findable so it's easier to warm someone up? So it's not just like, who is this joker? Yeah, I mean, there's really three ways you're findable here. One is you're engaging with their content. You're looking at their profile, which causes the curiosity to come look at your profile. Um, you know, the, the second is when you have a connection and you're posting content, they see that you're a subject matter expert. Therefore, if they have an opportunity to work with you, they're going to think of you. Hey, I get people calling me from a year ago 
that says, I love your content on LinkedIn, let's talk. And that's because a year ago, they didn't need sales training, but now they do. So being consistent on LinkedIn and them seeing my name over and over again, you know, draws people to me. And then the third way is the keywords that you put on your profile. You want that profile to be SEO optimized, keyword search ready in every possible way, because people are using LinkedIn as a search tool. As a matter of fact, if Rob, if I search you on Google, the first thing that comes up is it offers me your LinkedIn profile for me to find out more about you. And so, yeah, you take it also translates over to Google and Bing and some of the other search sites as well. Really great insight. I love that clip you just gave us of three ways to be findable. I, 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 are those like, those seem like things that you can do without screwing up your rhythm. Like those are things that I think you can bake in and it's not going to slow you down. It's not adding like busy worker things to do. In fact, these no. are things that if you do them the right way, will make you a little different than the rest of the crowd, right? Yeah, I think 20 to 30 minutes a day uh, engaging uh, puts you in a much pos- better position to, to win and have, a, I mean, ultimately we want to have a conversation, right? And so I view LinkedIn as a way to start that conversation, to get comfortable with one another so that the barriers go down, you know, the block wall falls and they're comfortable engaging with you in a two-way combo. And so, and there's lots of opportunities to do that on LinkedIn and then break out into email or phone calling uh, in a more comfortable atmosphere. Uh, Rob, but at the same time, I don't tell people to abandon. If you're doing a thousand cold calls a day, don't abandon that yet. Wait until this builds, right? We don't want to give up something that, you know, isn't, although it's only 1% hit rate, you kind of want to bleed this in as you bleed that out is what I would say. Well, I like this idea of, um, I'm, I keep sitting in it. I like this idea of them knowing you. Like when you call someone, we can make it so they know who's calling. Like I know you, like I know there's three words that people like to use a lot. It's no like, and trust. But if you do things trust. the right way, they can know who you are. They can like you. They can have reason to trust what you do. Um, and I really like that idea that right now, because it's true, man, I, 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 I'm the recipient of what you describe. People try to connect with me. I say yes, and instantly I'm getting these ridiculously long epistles to the Romans of people trying to <laughs> what, what I think can only be called as a pitch slap, right? They pitch slap me, and and um, and I'm like, I immediately block those people when that happens. That's right. So, so talk to our our audience about how do you make that shift because we we do want to have a business conversation with them. How do we do that without being a pain in the butt or being annoying or, or doing something that gets us blocked? Yeah. And to, to your first statement, I recently had a student tell me uh, she sells cybersecurity. She warmed, okay. uh, she warmed a director of IT up on LinkedIn for a couple of weeks. And when she called him and he answered, she said, hi, this is Melissa. And he goes, yeah, I know you from LinkedIn. And so they, awesome. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I I think going back to your question, you don't want to connect and pitch or pitch slap. You know, that is going to get you blocked. It really is about following, engaging, networking, waiting for them to come look at your profile or engage with your content. 
to develop that warm, warm enough relationship that you're going to be more accepted outside. Uh, and in a lot of cases, you'll get conversations started just in the comment sections of somebody's post. You know, I strive not to just say, hey, good post. Thanks for the information. You know, when I'm commenting, I like to ask questions that get them to start a conversation. And I, I tell my students, hey, when you're in a bar and somebody's talking, you're thinking about what you have to say about what they're saying, or you may have questions. So think about it that way, that you're in a social environment, having a conversation with a group of people, what questions or statements would you make in that environment, just to make it more comfortable? I really like that. Um, I think that's true. I see a lot of times people say, oh, good post, or 100%, or thumbs up, or yes, more of this, or whatever. And so add something to it. Like it, It's mm -hmm. one thing, like commenting just to comment or just to click is not the same as engaging, right? Yeah. And a lot of people do that. And I think you're not providing any value. Like when I post something, I want people to engage with my content. I want them to ask questions. I want them to add to whatever it is that I said, like a conversation happens. When, when somebody just says good post or thanks for the info, I just scroll right on by. And so you got to yeah. put a little more thought into, into a conversation. That's why I said, think of it as being in a social environment a really good set of advice like how do you turn it into like a real conversation and so it's not just like you're at a bar and you just kind of nod your head at each other and keep on moving right uh because i think that's that's the way i'm envisioning it is like you're trying to get people to not walk by you want them to stop and say oh what's that you're drinking or yeah or, or i heard you say this that's really interesting or something like that so i i it makes me think of i don't know who said it first i've heard it from a dozen people maybe more that if you want um, people to be interested, then you've got to, in order to be interesting, you've got to be interested. Yeah. So if you're going to be interested to them, interested, if you're going to be interesting to them, you've got to be interested first in them. Yeah. And, and that I think means you got to be authentic because a lot of times people say things hoping to get you to like, just respond. And then as soon as the respond comes, then the slap comes right afterwards. And so I, I think that you've got to find a way to be a little bit authentic. And I think that that's hard for people too, because they're so focused on the, I got to sell something. I got to get something into the pipeline. And so is there any final thoughts you'd have on that before we move into some other thing? I can't believe we spent 40 minutes on this almost already. Oh like we're running out, we're going to run out of time fast. Time I think this is really important. Yeah, no, Hey, it is about starting a conversation, even on your own content, like don't post something and leave. Like you wouldn't walk into a social selling, yell something to the room and then walk out of the room, stick around and have those conversations. Like if somebody even likes one of my posts, I consider them a prospect I can start engaging with. I can now send them a note that says, thanks for liking my post. You know, I noticed that, you know, you liked it maybe for this reason. Is that true? And so it allows me to start conversations in so many different ways engagement, comments on my content, comments on their content. I can even look at all the people. Here's a great example. I comment on a sales VP's post about something he posted. All the people that liked or commented on it, I go through those and look for other sales VPs 
because now I can go to them and say, hey, you commented on Rob's post and so did I. I found it interesting that you said this and start that conversation. Love it. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, that's a really good place to start. I really think that was a healthy conversation and hopefully people will take advantage of that. Um, and and I, I think we all benefit from LinkedIn recently trying to eliminate bots. I'm glad they did. And yes. Uh, and, and old and, profiles. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's good. I, I'm glad. So you've talked about how to create attention. You've you've talked about how to be findable. How, how do we how do we chase deals that we can win? Like in the world of pipeline development, a lot of people put a lot of fluff in there. It reminds me of one of my clients a few years ago that said to me, because I was like, your pipeline's absolute crap. Like, why don't we clean this up? And he said, nobody at our company ever got fired for missing to hit their number, but they did get fired for not creating enough pipeline. So well, we got people creating a bunch of bogus pipeline. How do you create a culture and how do you help your people like connect to deals that they can win? Yeah. I mean, that's uh, in that phase of sales discovery is so important that you have to have a discovery that focuses on the customer's desired outcomes, what their goals are, what they want to achieve. And then you have to understand the value in your offer. And therefore, if an IT director told me, you know, my IT department's wasting a lot of time putting out fires, I would ask how much, how many, how often in order to find the value in time savings. And therefore, that becomes my qualification method. So I, I, I really think the deals that you work are the ones that the customers are most engaged with you and giving you the information you need to proceed. Okay. I like that because now you're creating kind of a verified customer outcome. Yes. And, and so I like that. So the reason that I want to sit in this for a second, um, Dave, is because too many salespeople take the approach of I do this, then I do this, then I do this, then I do this, and then I hope they buy. But it's got to be I do this, and I I can create a predictable response. Like if I do if I do this right, then they should do this. And I'm, if for people who see the video, they'll say I got my hands up. If this, then this, and when this happens, then I go to the next level. And so understanding what like I like to call them verifiers. Like what's What's the verifier? I don't like the term exit criteria because too many times reps say, oh, I just did that. No, the verified customer outcome. Like what did a customer do that verifies that the mission of the stage was accomplished? Do you look at it that way? Do you see it different that way? Do you got any advice about how you create that kind of an environment? I mean, absolutely. I, first of all, I don't think customers like to be qualified anymore. They don't want you to ask what's your budget, timing, authority, and need, or medic, or what have you. I think they want you facilitating their buying process, understanding what their buying process and buying criteria is. And so you start with goals, value discovery, and then you get into their buying process, their buying criteria, and what it's going to take to win. And then the most important thing is always creating action. So for instance, I'll do a first meeting with a customer and I'll gather their goals, their requirements, and then I'll create action for either access to power, set up a demo, and I'll send that to them in a follow-up letter after the meeting. 
And if they don't take action that I ask for, I know they're not engaged. And therefore I go back to better understanding their goals. If they do take action and I know they're engaged, then I know they're qualified. I know they're interested to move to the next step. And so I like always creating actionable next steps so that I'm not calling and just saying, hey, just checking in. Want to see how, how's it going over there? You know, are we ready to yeah. move forward to the next phase? No, I'm only ready to move forward to the next phase when the customer takes action for me. So when I listen to you, I put these two things you brought up. There's two really strong things, themes that have come through to me as I look at this. I can't believe we're down to our last like 10 minutes. Um, number one seems creating engaged buyers. Yes. And number two is those engaged buyers that create legit real pipeline or qualified opportunities or whatever you want to call it. Are those the two things that we should be looking for? Did I miss that? Or would you say there's other things? No, I really think it does boil down to that. I mean, we could we could pepper in a lot of things about access to power, buying committees, you know, the art of negotiation with get give and that the customer just wants to feel right. But when you talk about working non-qualified deals, those are the two actionable things that you can do. I mean, hell, when I when I was in sales, my pipeline was overflowing with opportunities, so much so that I only focused on the customers that were giving me stuff back. The ones that weren't engaging and giving me stuff back, I just sent them a quote. And occasionally a bluebird would fly in the room and somebody would say, we're ready to go forward with your quote. What I focused on is the engaged buyers. Uh, and, and that's why my, you know, my, uh, my, my close ratios were so high because I was in the right place all the time. But what I like about what you're saying, though, is you're not just being opportunistic with engaged buyers. You're creating engaged buyers. Yes. Part of how you do it is you're creating. I want to make that really clear to our listeners. We got, like you said, 50,000 sales leaders are listening. On it. That's why I like your two lenses so much. Like it, it, you didn't start with number one is create pipeline. No, it's create engaged buyers first. Engineer that. Develop that. Make them engaged. We, in fact, maybe we talk about how to do that as our final thing. And then the last one is then we turn that into pipeline where they remain engaged. We, once we get them, like, momentum is your best friend. Once you get them moving, we can help keep it moving. We won't win them all. That's sales. But but it's way better than, like you said, hey, just, you know, has anything changed? I'm still thinking about you. You know, it, it, that, that that's not a motivated, engaged buyer. And so that law of momentum is one that I think about a lot. So um that's, I think, a good way to start to wrap this. We're, you know, we got like I don't know, a few minutes left and we're going to make sure that we give people a way to get connected to you and find you and, and get what you have to offer. But I want to make sure that we make it as clear as we can. Like if we're going to create engaged buyers, if you're going to like create a framework or a structure, say, listen, here's two or three things you can do to create engaged buyers, just to make sure that we like sum that the right way. Is there anything that you'd say? Yeah, I mean, it's creating actionable next steps. Uh, uh, a great example is this. I do my discovery, and then I ask, do I need to get on your procurement team list so that you can purchase from me? And when they say yes, I ask, okay, who's the person that I should start working with? If they easily give that up, I know I have a qualified buyer. If they don't easily give that up, then I know I have more work to do so to eliminate risk and build my value up. 
Same thing's true for like my legal contracts. I had a buyer two weeks ago. I said, hey, will your legal team need to review my contracts? He said, absolutely. I said, can I send them over to you now so we can get that process started now? And he actually forwarded it to legal. So I knew I had a qualified, engaged buyer with actionable next steps. And so I ended up winning that deal. And I knew it early on when he took action on my behalf. I really like that. Taking action is one of the biggest predictors. Yes. Um, That's a good takeaway for me. Like, are we creating predictability through customer action, not salesperson activity? Salesperson activity is not a very good predictor. Mm-mm. Customer activity is a ridiculously good predictor. Oh, and yeah. so I'm trying to parrot you a little bit because I think it's it's important, Dave. Like I bet our sales, and if you've done this a while ago, if you haven't done it recently, like the way people buy has changed. Like yes. you should probably make sure that's something that you keep current. Like how often do you revisit like what those activities are? Is that something that you're always working? Cause you're a modern, like part of what you do is you keep things modern. How frequently should you be reflecting and, and updating what those actions are? Yeah, I, things definitely have changed. It used to be that we help buyers discover their problems. We would help them with their research and then we would help with the buying process. But buyers don't come to salespeople until later in their journey. They're figuring out, I got a problem. They're doing all the research. And there is a ton of tools out there to do the research. They're making their initial selections for who they're going to go talk to, you know, either by referral, you know, somebody else asking a friend, um, or by way of seeing something on LinkedIn and remembering your name that, hey, this is a person that can help me solve that problem. So because they're coming to us at that phase, now we need to back up and understand what research they did to bring them to those conclusions to then understand what their goals and outcomes uh, that they desire uh, to begin that initiated sales process. Okay. Buyer centric. Yeah. Dude, I love this. I, I, this is good. I got one more thing I want to go. I want to hit, hit, I want to get in our hot tub time machine. I want to go back to the very beginning. One of the first things you said when I said, what's it like <laughs> out there right now? And uh, one of the first things you said it is, for those of you that thought it was a numbers game, it is not a numbers game. So I want to sit in that. That's a really good thing you said at the beginning. I'd like to give a little more depth on that because I do still see a lot of people trying to activity manage their teams right now. Yeah. Can you talk about that concept a little bit before we run out of time? Yeah, I, I believe it's not about 100 dials a day. I, be, I believe it's about personalization and networking. And that takes more time and effort to get through to a prospect but you're going to get more out of that considered effort. And so, you know, yeah, it may be a numbers game, but just in a different way. And and when I say numbers game, that's because that's what we all used to play, right? If I did a hundred dials and I got 10 appointments and made my quota that day, but now as those things start falling off, we've got to make adjustments. And so the modern buyer doesn't want cold outreach. You've got to warm them up. And you've got to care about them more than anybody else. Love it. What a great way to finish that. How do people get more of you? There's a lot of people listening. I, I'm sure there's going to be a few people that are going to say, hey, man, I want to, I got questions for, for Dave. I want to connect with Dave. You know, I know you got a lot of resources. You already said you got your 14 step 
um, uh, guide that we'll make a link to, and we'll even stick it in Sales Leadership United if you want it there for all yeah. of those people. Uh, how do they how do they connect you, get more from you, and learn what you have to offer? Yeah, the email is Dave at the tech sales coach.com. I'm on uh, uh, on LinkedIn, obviously, under the tech sales coach. And then the website is the tech sales coach.com. Uh, it's like the Ohio State University. You're the tech sales coach. I love it. That is Let's go. completely intentional. <laughs> I know. I love it. That's good. That's good. Um, we'll do everything we can to point some people your way. And and uh, I, I I would advise, you know, take your questions to Dave and and Dave, Dave has a great approach to helping solve these kinds of challenges. And, and I think that the concept of staying modern in a world that changes faster and faster, I, I used to be able to say, Dave, that it's not your daddy's sales world anymore. Right. Now I got to say, it's not even your big sister's sales world anymore. You know, so. <laughs> I love it. Um, Cause it's changing so fast. That's right. Um, this has been fantastic. It's gone really fast. We'll put all of your, your materials in the show notes. I hope people will click on that. You got a couple of minutes, final thoughts. Well, we've talked about a lot of things. We've gone over some really important things. You've given some terrific insights that are going to help lots of people all around the world. Got any final thoughts that you'd share to a worldwide audience of 50,000 listeners before we sign off? Yeah. I mean, I would say the buyer has changed and, and we need to adapt. Uh, I, I believe that if we're using old sales tactics, block walls are being thrown up. Uh, people don't like to engage with salespeople because they know that that salesperson may apply pressure and that pressure is not taken well by, by customers. They would rather have help in their journey from a concerning seller that's buyer centric to help them through their buying process. You know, and, and the three actionable things you can take away from this right now is get that profile updated to show your value, engage with people's content that you're interested in doing business with, you know, follow, engage, you know, wait for that curiosity to kick in uh, and then start a conversation. Find a way to start a warm conversation with that person. Uh, you have a lot more success at converting them to a customer if you take the warm approach. Thanks, Dave. This was awesome. His name is Dave Elsner. He is the tech sales coach. He's helping uh, sales organizations all around the world create engaged buyers, become findable, and put an end to lazy selling by moving away from just cold calling. Uh, my advice is to connect to Dave. Dave, on behalf of 50,000 people all around the world, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your insights. I, I congratulate you on your success and hope that things continue to go in a direction you're very excited about. And as I say to everyone, happy selling. Awesome. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has lived on Patreon, but it's grown to be the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. And I could not be more excited to announce that Sales Leadership United now has its own home. Sales Leadership United has moved away from Patreon, and you can now find us at salesleadershipunited.com. Listen, I coach over 100 sales leaders in big companies, new companies, every industry, People that are new to leadership, people that are new to the company, people that are the most sales seasoned sales leaders in the world. 
and every one of them wants more tools, more insights, more perspective. You're not alone if that's what you're wanting. People ask me questions like, how do you create systems? How do you create foundations? How do you create change? How do you coach? How do you lead up? How do you manage up? How do you connect to a totally different generation? But the number one question I get, what are other leaders like me doing to solve problems like the ones I'm facing now? And that's why you need to check out Sales Leadership United. All the tools, all the training, all the techniques, perspective that comes from the benefit of thousands of hours spent with leaders from all around the world. If you haven't checked out Sales Leadership United, head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB to get a free trial. I can't wait for you to find what happens when you start to dive into these topics and assets that are just one click and one search away. Now, I love it when I get these leaders to come on the show that can help me with some of the most common challenges that people face. One of them will always be pipeline. Pipeline will always be our lifeline. And as we lead evolving teams, we need to help make sure that we find new ways to connect to people. You know, we don't want to be like our, our parents were that talk us about, tell us about how they used to walk uphill both ways uh, in a blizzard, right? So I hear something all the time. I'm hearing cold calling is dead. I hear it all the time. We've all heard it. How many times have we heard it? Too many times. I like the way of Dave's way of looking at things like this much better. Dave says cold calling is lazy selling. It's not dead. It's just really, really lazy. It's, it's very, very inefficient. And it sends a really, really bad message to the people you're calling because we can, we can do exactly what Dave said. We can warm everyone up first. We can take any person in the modern day that we're targeting that we want to work with or sell to or, or partner with, and we can warm them up first. Okay. We can warm things up, even if it's ever so slightly. And today when building a legit pipeline is more challenging than it may have ever been, this topic is more important than ever. It's more challenging than it's ever been because it's so much more competitive. It's competitive against our known competitors. It's competitive for budget dollars against other initiatives. It's competitive against all these voices that are out there. There's more voices than there's ever been. These voices come over the phone. They come over and via email. They come via LinkedIn message. They come via, via other social direct message. They come via text. They come via video. They come all day, every day. And that's why I love talking pipeline because it will never be a topic that's not relevant. Your ability to create pipeline will always be a determinant of how successful you'll be as a salesperson and how successful your team will be as a sales leader. And Dave brought some insights that I really like about how you can become findable. What a great concept. How can you become findable? That's a really interesting lens to look through. If you're solving prioritized problems, how can you make yourself be found by those who are seeking for an expert like yourself? I think one of the most important things Dave highlighted was that we no longer are playing a numbers game. It's about being connected to modern buyers in ways they appreciate. And that's why being findable is so very, very important. It's a skill the individual should be intern internally developing and intentionally developing. I think it's time to really emphasize this concept of where and how we help people grow. I don't want it to just be can you be that warrior who dies on the just keep dialing sword? Because Dave's right, that's lazy. 
It feels like you're being the Green Beret, but you're not. It's lazy selling. So this was a really good episode and a really timely one. Because right now, we're not just building for the end of the year. We're building for the beginning of next year. So take a minute and go listen to this one again. Head to Sales Leadership United and watch the video segments. Double down on how findable you are. Figure out ways that you can help your people that you lead have more impact by connecting rather than hoping that you're just showing up in the right place at the right time. Because make no mistake, you do need to dial, but you can't count on happy accidents. So take charge. Be intentional. Be intentional about who you chase. Be intentional about why you chase them. Be intentional about how you connect with them. And, and maybe most of all, how you can demonstrate competency and build trust with them. Be intentional about how you help them find you, not just you find them. Because the stakes, they've never been higher. The challenge, it's never been noisier. And that's why this episode with Dave could not have come at a better time. I hope this episode lights a fire in you. The urgency of growing rather than grinding. The urgency of competency instead of activity. The urgency of being found instead of finding. Dave. Thank you for joining me. Congrats on your success. Congrats on all of the impact you've made with tech sales organizations all around the world. Thank you for what you do for the sales community. And my advice to our 50,000 listeners, connect with Dave. Reach out to him. Check out his resources. You'll find he's a really great place to turn to. We've included some links in the show notes to make this easy. And be sure to check out Sales Leadership United to get the video segments of the highlights with my conversation with Dave and other fantastic guests of the show. I will have several clips in there that will be huge leadership resources for you. You'll want to use these three to seven minute videos for sure. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. The greatest compliment you can give us is to share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. And you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to Patreon and check it out. You'll be glad you did. Thank you for your support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people we lead. If you liked this message, please share it this week with someone who needs to hear it and then get after it this week because life is short. You got no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. Maximize what you do today. Be elite, live strong, and chase your passions and do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't ever forget, you got this and I've got you. Have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.